Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. natural born killer himself, Vic Sick Muscat. He catch us on Spotify and Apple, YouTube as well, and wherever, probably the finer prison system as well. For Who knows? My colleagues today is DJ. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing well, man. Always a pleasure, like always, baby. And, and, and of course, Mr. Scott, Jason Scott, I did bring you a present, TJ. You busted my balls about the cartoon of Jason did not look like a cartoon. Is this it's any better? Right here. That's that was, TJ. That's pretty spot on, man. That's that, that. Yeah, that's pretty good, buddy. Is that is that better? That's pretty good, bud. Even though you can probably see all my notes and everything like that. It's... <laughs> Where's mine? You're so I, I gave you yours. And you're like, that doesn't look like me. It didn't. I'm working <laughs> on it. But screw you. Screw both of you guys. Our guest today. He is the ultimate pusher, Tyrese Robinson. He's part of the IWE promotion. Did I get it out right? IWE? IWE Intensity Rationally Entertainment. And uh, Vic, don't get me wrong. I love the introduction, but I'm going to tell you how you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the ultimate pusher Tyreek, the Georgia-nominated, Sports Illustrated, professional wrestling connoisseur. And not only am I the baddest man talking, I'm the 2022 Georgia Wrestling History Manager of the Year. And I am so glad to be here on Killing the Business Worldwide. I commend you guys all the things you do, and I really appreciate it, and I'm so excited for this. Jason told me you were really modest, very humble. <laughs> little, uh, that's the other side of Tyree. You know, once I'm actually not in the ring, and I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more chill, you know? <laughs> He's a teddy bear. Yeah, you know what? That is actually a good good uh, uh, representation of teddy bear. I'm big, mean, grizzly, but just a big salty <laughs> when it comes to certain things. Don't push me though. Obviously, you know you're seeing that at the other IWE show. Am I right? Yeah, I I will not I will not dream pushing you. I, <laughs> I do not I do not know want to know what happens. That <laughs> might be ugly. <laughs> so if you could describe your pro wrestling career using one word, what word would that be and why? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, wow. If I had to explain or, you know, put my career into one word, it would be optimistic. It would be optimistic. And the reason why I say that is because when I started off 21, right, by the way, I just had my four year anniversary the other day, not to um, brag, but uh, I was 17 when I first started. And the reason why it's optimistic is because when I was 17, I jumped on a, on, on a, on a chance, on an opportunity, and I had hope. I was 17, and I hit up Marvelous Michael Stevens. You actually seen him at the last IWE show. Um, he ran, he helped run his promotion in Fort Valley, Georgia, by the name of AWN, All-Star Wrestling Network. I was 17, graduated the same day of high school, graduated this day of high school. I hit up Marv. And I'll say, hey, man, is there any chance I can come and at least just help out? I want to be in the business. I'm done with high school. I This is what I want to do. Marv told me, hey, do you know how to ref? I said, shoot, I've never done it, but I've 
watched it all my life. Of course I know how to ref. And just that point on, I got there, ref my first match, and it was with Bryce King. Actually, his first match. And uh, I met Iceberg. I met Matt Hankins. I met these guys who catapult my career. Uh, Skrilla the Great, Don Keister, just, you know, the, the, the names go on and on. But to sum it all up, optimistic would be that word because opportunities just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And I just made them. I made my opportunities. So, you know, and to, to this point, my opportunities are still coming uh, to this day. This is why I still have to say optimistic would be the word for that. So you say you were 17 years old when you start, first started training. Where did you go to get, get your trained on? So I'm going to be honest with you. Um, a lot of people in the business kind of know, know this. When I first started out, I was getting trained by Skrilla the Great, uh, Don Keister uh, with GIPW. Uh, formerly, they were known as uh, GWC. Uh, so they were backyarders, to be honest with you. And that was very, very shamed upon um, in the business still is today, honestly. But those guys transitioned from backyarders to actually independent. They got trained and they started training me. And ever since then, I would pick up on, uh, you know, seminars or, you know, paying drop-ins to uh, places like Deep South uh, with Nick Patrick and Eric Adams. I did a class there. Um, I did a couple of classes at the Nightmare Factory with Shalance and David Ali in my earlier years. Uh, recently, I've been dropping in uh, periodically at the four, WWA four ran by AEW's AR Fox. Uh, so that kind of sums up my training at a particular school or with a notable name. But other than that, it's really been just me experiencing uh, me taking bookings and learning on the road. That's really has been my strong suit. Uh, from getting trained now do you are you are you typically just taking bookings in the georgia area or south carolina or so honestly uh i take bookings all over i actually if you follow my social media uh i've been to st louis i've been to kentucky florida tennessee uh you know i've been i've been around i can just say that uh, i take bookings all over um my goal for next year is to be booked out of the country so that's going to be my number one goal about bookings next on uh, next year huh, i can actually ask if slam wrestling from uh finland's looking for anyone i can always ask them yeah we we have a good we have a good relationship with slam wrestling and finland. now jason and tj would know because they're working they can't do afternoon episodes real wrestling fans would make it but that's all i'm gonna say right man i got five kids to feed oh now i can only imagine five by one and uh she giving me a run for my money now. You think the people that I'm actually wrestling with who's normally whooping my ass on in the ring, that ain't nothing compared to this. What I'm <laughs> right. Right. What I tell you. He he TJ gets it. TJ gets it. He just shaking his head. He ain't saying nothing. He just gets it. <laughs> no, older, because I got older kids. So when Jason's saying he's got five kids to feed, he's full of shit, man. Them kids are all old enough to feed themselves. Hey, <laughs> I get it. They're adults but they're still living here, so I'm still feeding them. <laughs> you don't make them work and pay rent or anything? They're my babies. They don't have to work. What a softie. Teddy bear. 
So what promotions are you working for right now besides IWE? Um, currently right now, um, besides IWE, uh, I'm working GIPW, which is in Rock Robbins. Um, also have been doing a lot of behind the scenes with uh, Zach Mosley. With uh, I don't know if you've seen that he had ran a show in the fraternity of uh, Theta Xi at Georgia Southern. Uh, helped out with that and was on that show as well. Um, I'm also taking bookings in Alabama right now. I'm currently one half of the SFW Show Stopping Wrestling Tag Team Champions with Brandon Cash. Um, and also, I'm just periodically taking bookings um, throughout, like I said, the Southeast right now. Uh, currently, let's see, another promotion that I should be making my debut should be uh, Southern Fried, uh, Monroe, Georgia. Uh, that should be coming up shortly. Um, me and Todd Saxon, we are growing uh, to be great business partners. Uh, that'll be something in the works of this year. Also, I'm making my GCW, Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, debut this year. Uh, and that show is actually going to be in my hometown in Macon. So uh, Jimmy Jacobs will actually be there as well. So hopefully you guys can come see me there. Uh, that'd be perfect as well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Warner Robins right now. So you're, you're in my area. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I'm in the Northeast area, so it's going to be kind of hard for me to... He's, he's, he's from New England. I'm in the area. I'm far from Scotty where I can't get in my car and come down if it's on the weekend and go watch the show. Well, yeah, um, TJ, go ahead. TJ has no idea what's going on in the ring. Yes, I do know what's going on in the ring. I watch it just like you guys do. <laughs> we know what's going on in the ring at least. I know what's going on in the ring. I just might not know what every dude's name is and what every move is, and you know, I get it. He's he's not a Mike. You see, you have like Jason and I, who like we'll go in the ring, take a bump, be a referee, you know, see what it's like. TJ, he won't even go in the ring to fight against his ball dog. He won't even do that. No, I'll be <laughs> oh, because I'll be on the outside of the ring like the mouth of the South used to be. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that because that's exactly how I started off. Uh, I just started really wrestling more matches between the last uh, two years of my four-year career right now. And I was the same way as TJ. I was like, wait a minute, I got to get in there. I got to exercise, take bumps, and and do all this cardio. Oh, I don't want to do that. But uh, 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 essentially, I did. I mean, excuse me, eventually <laughs> I did. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get you, TJ. I understand 100%. <laughs> yeah, I ain't getting in there. No, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up, TJ. So said it, I got, not us. I've got this I've got this plan, this idea that I want to do at an IWE show, and you you and your guys would be the perfect ones to do it. Okay. I want to plant TJ in the front row, and one of you guys just out of nowhere snatch his ass up and drag him over the railing. Mm. I know it'll sad. never happen, but I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> You never know. You just have, you have to forge a signature on papers. Oh, here's, here's, what I'll, here's what I would give you on something like that for entertainment. Here's what I would give you. We could, we could be going back and forth talking trash to someone outside of the ring, and then you give me a chess match. You give me a Ric Flair, baby. Mm. But don't <laughs> destroy my sternum. He's going to give you a chess match because you're annoying. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> 
So tell us about your uh, your style in the ring. Is it technical, brawl, high flying? Ooh, um, that is actually my style in the ring. Actually, doesn't fall underneath any of those categories that you just really um, name. And honestly, I've created. I say I loosely because it was my idea, but me and uh, Joe Black, uh, Eric the Gold Silva, like I said, School of the Great, they've all been kind of helped contributing with my wrestling style because I was tra- I'm transitioning. I can honestly say I, I have transitioned, but when I was starting off as a manager and transitioning into working matches, you know, it was kind of hard for fans to believe, okay, Tyreek was just being a chicken shit manager. Now he's in the ring. I'm supposed to take him serious. So my fighting style would actually just be my fighting style. My fighting style is more defensive than offensive. I'm not going to be the one heavy with the strikes coming in hot because guess what? It's not who I am. That's not Tyreek. Tyreek is going to play with you. Tyreek is going to play with you and wait for you to make a mistake. And then that's when defense turns into offense. That's really my fighting style. So it's pretty much cat and mouse until the striking until a striking range and you strike. Yes, basically. And then, like you know, for instance, uh, you seen it when I was in the in the ring with Cruel. Stu's three times my height. I would say twice, but I I think that'll be doing him disjustice. But uh, three times my height. I'm not gonna go up and try to attack this guy. No, it just doesn't make any sense. So you know, to the eye. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my fighting style has to make sense for me because again. I can't necessarily say that I have the same fighting style as Joe because me and Joe are two, totally two different people, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how we put my fighting style, basically. But what about a finisher? Like, what, what's your no. finisher? Now, my too? finisher, you're going to get a kick out of this. My finisher is called BMD. Do you know what that stands for? No. The finisher is called Baby Mama Drama. You want to know why? Because Baby Mama Drama, it just hits you out of nowhere. You can be chilling, being the best type of mood, mood, and Baby Mama Drama going to hit. And that's where I interpret my real-life uh, situation and make it into rational. Because, you know, what's rational if it have, doesn't have any type of realism in it? Am I right? So, BMD will ruin your day. BMD will ruin your day. Jason know exactly what I'm talking about. Ain't that right, Jason? You know what? Actually, if you guys don't mind, if you just give me one small second, uh, I should be able to. Oh, actually, who is the manager involved on the screen recording with the screen sharing? Because you can actually view this move online on YouTube right now if you would like. And you can just show the people exactly what I mean by baby mama drama. Sure, I can get caught up. All right. If you just go to YouTube, by the way, you guys, if you go to YouTube, search The Ultimate Push Tyreek. That is my YouTube page. And also you can find me on you know, Twitter, uh, the at The Ultimate Push. You can find me on Instagram, The Ultimate Pusher, uh, the Ultimate Pusher Brand. Everything's on there social media wise. You see, I, I, I usually do some research on wrestlers before they come on. And I couldn't find anything about you. And I was like, is that, what's his wrestling name? And Jason was just like, thanks, Jason. Thank you. I could have seen this a long time ago. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, Jason, he just threw you under the bus. (laughs) He did. Right. Oh, my God. 
Jesus, trying to be there. While he's bringing that up, though, I do have a, a question for you, Tyrese. Yes, sir. Uh, did you do some uh, work with the National Wrestling Alliance in Atlanta a couple years back? Yes, sir, I did. So um, the NWA was really my first big break, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, it all started with the man synonymous with the Georgia Wrestling Manager Award that I'm holding right now, Mr. Bill Barron's, uh, Mr. Manager himself. Uh, Bill Barron's, uh, he works with the NWA. He's been with the company for a while now, back in the territory days. Right. And, um, he was helping with the setup. And I... Be, me being the ultimate pusher, Tyree. This is just not a character. This is not a gimmick. This is who I am. I like. I'm optimistic. I jump on opportunities. Uh, I seen that the NWA was coming back, back for the attack in uh, 2021, back when COVID really just you know everybody was coming back from COVID. I seen right. that they were going to be in Atlanta. That's really my hometown. So I hit up Bill Barons and I said, Hey, you guys are coming back. I want to at least help out, put the ring up, do something. I want to get my foot in the door. I did that. And again, optimistic. I snuck my way in, impressed the people I needed to impress, came in there and broke down and helped put up the ring in a three-piece suit. No lie. And you know how the GPB studios are with those stairs? Yeah, I had to break down and put the ring up in a suit all down and up those stairs. That there... I guess that kind of showed that I'm willing to put in the work. And from there, I was meeting up with guys like Crimson and his crew. Very, very amazing on Rain Food. I love those guys to death. Um, they actually still are very close friends to me to this day. Uh, Crimson and his crew, uh, Nick Aldis, I became best friends with Mickey James. Uh, you know, the, it goes on and on. But, you know, being in the NWA at that time period taught me about the business at the next level. And I'm so, so happy that I'm able uh, to say that I had time with them uh, in the company. Uh -oh. I my thanks to Billy Corgan, uh, Pat Kinney, Jazz, uh, Crimson, Homicide, like those guys and girls in that promotion, they really helped the ultimate pusher when it comes to experience. Because that was the, that was the first place I actually met you was at those uh, it was a pay per view and TV tapings, and yes, then uh, yes. of course and I ran into then I, I ran into the IWE. I was like, I know that guy, <laughs> and I actually remembered that. Uh, so yeah, again, you know, just I was so blessed to be in that position, and the position with me being optimistic, it, it happens every time. Yeah. Sorry. So what video should I call up on your channel right now? Ooh, you know what? Honestly, uh, the one that says the ultimate push of Tyree, not the announcement, go to the other one. That, that's a promo unless you just want to hear me talk. But uh, if you go to the next one. Give me a second. Da, da, da. Yeah, if you go actually go to the page. Yep. The one with, go to the one with the NWA sign. That's the one I want you to see. This one, okay. And you can play that. And turn the music on if you don't mind. Yeah. Tell them what you low. Yeah. And the first move is the baby mama drama. You're going to see it live. Bag ball. Get your money, little double bag ball. Get your money. 
That is baby mama drama. Shout out to kicking her stomach. <laughs> Who is that? That was my little sister Taylor, and uh, she, yeah, she she helped me cheat to win that match. I played dirty, and the referee that I just hit—that's my brother Brandon. Yes, you've seen him at the last IWE show. Family can get it too. <laughs> Brandon Danger. Brandon Danger. No, there's there's the money shot right there. Me and Joe Black, the undisputed IWE heavyweight champion at the time. Oh man. But yeah, that's uh that's me in a nutshell right there. I'm all about the paper, I'm all about business. And uh when it comes down to it, I can hit you with that BMD and ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that finisher though. Thank, well, thank you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That was not my first finisher. My first finisher was actually a defeat. So once I started wrestling more, and this is actually after my stint with the NWA and after my stint with Impact Wrestling, uh, I was really trying to find that that niche for the ultimate pusher. And uh, I was using the, the finisher eat defeat until I started realizing, like, wait a minute. I can't hit eat defeat on everybody. I can't hit eat defeat on crew. <laughs> if I hit, if I look, if I try to hit eat defeat on crew, he ain't gonna do nothing but catch me and then power bomb me. So I had to change it up. So, uh, but baby mama drama, that just came out of a you know a bad time period of my I say personal life, and I made it something that I can interpret into my wrestling life and made it possible. So, yeah, that's exactly why I'm sticking with that move, and I'm never changing the name of it. <laughs> No, right now I'm in negotiations of having TJ fighting Cruel very soon. Oh, well, let me give you let me give you some uh, some advice about fighting Cruel, okay? Don't do what Tyreek did and just run up on him because he's gonna catch a goosey and choke slam you, okay? Um, <laughs> run, run, yes, run, run. That's the best advice I can give you. <laughs> yeah, but just, that, that's what they do. I mean, this is what these guys do to me every time. They think that I want to get into a wrestling ring. Oh, there, man. There's not a chance in hell I want to get in a wrestling no ring. No chance in hell, TJ. Punch huh? in the face. You punch me in the face and I'm going to cry like a little like a little girl. I'll be running around. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what give you credit, TJ? <laughs> TJ, I'm gonna have to, I'm, I'm gonna have to give you a bump, dog. It's not as bad as you see. It's not, it's not as bad as, as it seems. It's gonna stain just for them five seconds, but you gonna, you know, you're not gonna feel it afterwards. Maybe. Adrenaline <laughs> is pumping. You'll feel it. It's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. Listen, listen. We have some Advil and Bengay on the side, just in case you need it, man. I got right. You. Right. I'll keep it. I'll keep it easy. I'll keep it easy. I'll have a couple beers next to me. That's better than the Advil and the. Oh yeah. Once you I'll bring it. I'll bring it. And then you get you a cold one. You'll be good. You'll be good. Right. We'll start I'll a GoFundMe account for your. We'll start a GoFundMe account for your funeral arrangements. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. He got chest slapped and his chest exploded internally. 
started blistering red from the from the inside out. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm be I'm beyond with you. I'm beyond with you. Oh, I'm DJ. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna wait till you drink. Now I don't want you to spit out your uh your bill when I say this. But see, I don't have them problems. I'm dark. I'm dark as hell. So you know, I don't have to worry about you know the pigment of a chop appearing and all that. But trust me, it's still the same pain. Right. It's still the same pain. <laughs> right. Because we used to do it. We used to do it. I don't know why. I hung out with a bunch of firefighters, and these guys always wanted to chest slap the shit out of each other. Now, these guys are bigger shit than me. But I got in on it, and I took my chest slaps. But I know on one or two occasions, them dudes hit me hard enough. I said, ah, my sternum. Uh, you might have broken. Sternum, just imagine if your shirt's off. Direct. <laughs> Direct. Yeah. Hand to chest, meat to meat. <laughs> mm -mm. Uh, so what matches in your career are your favorites? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, My favorite match of all time that I've wrestled now would have to be the street fight between me and Skrilla the Great. And the reason why I say that is because not only is that that I, I feel like that was the best match I've had like in the ring wise, but this match told a very, very compelling story. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the first person I ever managed was Skrilla the Great. Uh, he's actually the current IWE uh, Mayhem champion. So me and Skrilla, he met me when I was 17, took me on his, on his wing, he became my teacher. And over time, the way this match happened, I actually won the the New Generation Professional Wrestling Middle Georgia Championship. And I'm still a student at this point, but I'm still the title holder. Down the line, hey, the teacher wanted the shot and the teacher got the shot. And he actually beat me in a six-way match. But I wanted my championship back. So I turned on him after he won. I did the whole stick like, oh, you know what? He was the better man tonight. He beat me. And I turned on him. So that same uh, match that you seen when I kicked him in his, in his goals, that was the street fight that, I, that I'm referring to. Uh, it was a student versus teacher match. Uh, unfortunately, I lost, but that was the first street fight I ever had. That was the first time I actually took staples inside of me. Uh, he had a staple gun. Yeah. Uh, like I said, that was one of the best matches that I've ever had. The crowd was hot. They didn't die on me. Uh, the fans were intrigued to the story. And we tell a, we told a great story. So, number one match. Are you telling me about the clip when he kicked the guy in the stomach, not on the balls? Because I know you don't cheat. Even street fights, you know, you call right down the middle, you know. <laughs> Gentleman in the ring. Right. Okay. okay. You, you kicked the shit out of that dude's <laughs> You kick that dude's stuff right the fuck out of his stomach. That, you don't have to worry about kicking him in the stomach. That dude now had two nuts. Yeah, absolutely now, right. Now, TJ has said that he don't want to take chops. He don't want to take bumps, but he will take staples. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm going to be honest with you, TJ. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I want you, to look, I want you to look me in my eyes when I tell you this. Yes, sir. Them staples ain't no hope. <laughs> those staples is no hope. I'd rather get chopped than take those staples, honestly. Because it's like, 
it's like it's like getting a shot, like an actual shot at the doctor. Right. And it's like getting multiple fucking shots in the same spot, like boom, 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 boom. It hurts. I'd rather get shot. At least when I get chopped, look, at least when I get chopped, the, 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 my chest get numb. So after a number of chops, the chops stop. I stop feeling them, you know? <laughs> hey, so I wanted to get a shot one time. So this is how, this is how truthful Jason's story is. Um, I wanted to get a shot one time and I passed out. So you think I'm taking staples? <laughs> Let me go in and get some blood drawn. And you're going to look over and be like, What's wrong with that guy? Um, we don't know. He is pale white and just went <laughs> Oh, man. So before a big match, what's your pre-match meal? Huh. Okay. So I, I have two answers for this. Because previously, before a match, I would eat dog shit, to be honest with you. I didn't have like a preferred meal. I would just grab something on the go. But that was before I started actually wrestling. Nowadays, I'm actually um, fasting to where that's kind of how I've been losing a lot of weight lately. I've been eating one big meal a day. And then on show day, what I would do is I would not eat. Like, I would probably eat like maybe a small snack two hours before the show just to have to give me energy. Uh, to kind of cheat on my um, my fasting, but that's only for show days. Um, and then after the show, that's when I actually have my big meal because I've actually worked out and I got to feed my muscles. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm kind of working it backwards, honestly, guys. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite post match meal? So my favorite post match meal. Forty eight. Um, say it again. Forty eight big match. 48 Big Macs. I, you know what? There was a time where I used to take nine a lot of Big Macs, but I'll be honest with you, my appetite has gotten a little bit smaller. <laughs> but uh, after a match, normally we would, I would go to a restaurant, you know, maybe Mexican food or, you know, something that's out open late that I could sit down and, you know, have a drink with the buddies. Uh, so it's probably Mexican food, whether that's an actual Mexican restaurant or some Tex-Mex Taco Bell, but I'm happy with either one. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> Hey, so I got I got a question for you. Where was uh where where was and how did it come about the Tiger King wrestler on your guys' stuff? Say that one more time. Tiger King. The Tiger King. Oh, Zach Bosley. See, I, got was, I got a bone pick with them. No, I got a bone pick with the, his crew because when I first started podcasting years ago, they you know they wanted they were doing something with a billboard. And they want to have a billboard and they want to come on. Now it's like donated a hundred dollars towards a billboard. So I was like, I was young at the time. So I was like, Oh, okay. hundred dollars. You guys say you're going to be big someday. Okay. Here's the money. And. Never heard from him again. <laughs> again. But they came on and did the show, but it was just like, kind of like they postponed twice, you know, it's just like, oh, you can't fucking show up the first time around. Well, what? I tell you, I'm, I'm hey, 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 Vic, I'm gonna be honest with you. You would have gave me them hundred dollars. I would have came and 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 and, and pitched your wife up last week when she having the car trouble. I would have made them hundred dollars. I wouldn't gonna... <laughs> I, 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 I would have done it. But um on the Tiger King part, honestly, that just came from the fans. You know, the fans, 
they have a very, very creative mind. They are going to tell you how they feel. And especially if there's a thought that just comes up in their mind, they're going to blurt it out. And just like the last show you guys came, came to, what did they blurt out and call me? Who's my twin? Oh, damn it. Oh, let me, hold on, wait, let me give you, let me give you a hint. Harry, Harry, real quick, don't lie. Okay, okay, first of all, I already know that when I say real quick, don't lie, I'm gonna need you to lie. You're a friend, supposed to be my friend. Come on now, that's how I'm supposed to do it. Help me, please. Yeah, we know who you are. I just couldn't remember what they were saying at the match. I was trying to think of what they were saying, but yeah, you could, you could easily, you could easily take your face off the screen, and I might, I might think that you're actually him. Let me say, but again, that's just the same thing happened with Zach and the Tiger King. You know, they seen the mullet, they seen you know the facial hair, and right. he was. I think one point he was running actually Tiger Stripes, and they just called. Oh wait a minute, that's Jer- that's Joe Dirt, that's the Tiger King, and it stuck <laughs> with him, just like they did with me and Kevin Hart. These fans, I love them to death because that's what that's what keeps us relevant. When they're you know hackling us and you know calling us names, as as long as they talk, that's that's my motto. Long as they ain't sitting they seat quiet. I don't care if you're crying. Mad, cussing, happy, cheering, long as you're doing some type of action reaction to me in the ring. That's all I care about. I don't care if you're screaming to the top of your lungs saying you love me or you hate me. Long as you're talking. Very good point. That's all they're talking. That's all they keep talking about you. That's all that matters. That's right. That's right. So you were the number one manager in Georgia last year? Oh, I'm gonna say uh, I currently hold that position. Um, and what's what's crazy is because it was, this wasn't the first time I got nominated. Got nominated last year in 2021, but uh, of course I lost that to the great Matt Hankins. Matt Hankins had won that award three times in a row the last past year before me, and I was the one to break the streak. And uh, speaking of Matt Hankins, he's one of the reasons why I have that award because. He was the person I looked up to when it came to that position. He was the guy. So why who would why wouldn't I, you know, try to get pointers from the great Matt Hankins? Yeah. And uh, you know, I took what I got from him and uh, luckily I was able to win this year. Hey, this show is number one in Finland last year. Said it say that one more time. This show is number one in Finland last year. Number one in Finland. Oh, that's what's up. That's so look, we got something in common. And Algeria, which I don't know what the hell that came from, but <laughs> hey, they said I won number one. So I was like, okay, it counts. I take it. I take, I'll it. take it. And all I got was a two, two, two split blacks. No, no money, no anything. No, hey, good, there's a pat in the back. Here's a plaque. Good job. <laughs> now I'm like number 32. Yeah. And whatever, screw them. It's 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 politics. The other is politics. Most definitely is politics. Politics and everything. So what titles have you held, and which one meant the most to you? Um, I've only held two titles. Um, currently in my career, 
Uh, the one I was telling you about with Skrilla that Skrilla beat me for, uh, New Generation Pro Wrestling, little promotion ran by Roger Davis, Mr. Hollywood, here in, uh, in Macon, Georgia, my hometown. Um, I held that title for, I want to say, about over a year. Uh, if you want to count COVID days when we weren't running, but uh, <laughs> I defended the title about twice. And um, I want to say that's one of the ones I cherish because that's the first title I ever had that somebody put on me. And uh, also currently the one I have now uh, in Alabama, uh, for me to be where I am today and for somebody to say, hey, I want to put this title on you, that there means a lot to me because they have a lot of faith in me. To put a title on somebody, you're basically saying not only can you draw money and draw fans, you're one of the people in that said division who I can say, yeah, that's my champion. So for, for them to say me and Brandon Cash are, you know, the guys that are going to run that tag division, I, I can say that that title and the one that Roger uh, gave a couple of years ago, they're riding neck and neck. But, you know, hey, the year's still young. We're only halfway in. Who knows? I might pick up some more gold on the way this year. Might even be at IWE. You know, who knows? Yeah, but what was the it factor you believe that attracted that promotion to give you those tag titles? Like, my, what? I'm be honest with you, it was not my wrestling ability. It was not my wrestling ability. Not saying I'm the world's worst wrestler or the world's best wrestler, but just know I got room to improve. But I feel like the it factor was what I've been using all day, and that's my mouth. Uh, honestly, just me talking the talk and being able to at least back it up a little bit. You know, that there was one of the key points of them, like, oh, he's going to draw heat. His tag part can be the technical one. As long as he's on the outside talking and gets in the ring a little bit and do what he can, that's going to draw money. So, you know, with me having this mouthpiece, that kind of writes a lot of checks for me. And that also helps me cash a lot of checks for me, my mouth. So, yeah, that, that'll be the hit factor. Since you don't want to say run your mouth, you educate everyone. Have you ever said anything that you, that fans do so much heat? Fans went beyond the line of where they're supposed to be. Like you know, they took a swipe at you, threw something at you, tried to be tough with you on social media. Ooh, um, I I uh, I was I rubbed a couple feathers in my day. Uh, <laughs> with my day being like what three weeks ago. Uh. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I was at GIPW uh, the other week, the, this past Sunday, actually, and uh, a fan took a cold, cold, cracked open Coca-Cola. I mean, the condensation was still glooming on the bottle. Uh, I ended up saying uh, something about Aaron Black. He's our current champion there. Um, against him to help a crowd not so much fan favorite, Bryce Cannon of his out of youth. And uh, this lady chucked the Coca-Cola at me. I mean, like just a few. And I had on some khakis. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I had on khakis, some good khakis. She messed up my good pants with that Coca-Cola bottle. Uh, so yeah, that's one instance. And then of course the infamous, uh, the shoot promo of last year, uh, the incident, excuse me, the event after the incident uh, with the fan, uh, me and Joe most definitely ruffled some feathers that night. And the funny thing about it, again, wasn't planned. 
He didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know what he was going to say. We just both knew we had some shit we wanted to say. And we passed the mic. I said my stitch. He said his. And, yeah, we ruffled some feathers that night, most definitely. Not only on with, with the fans, we ruffled some feathers with the boys in the back as well. But, hey, that'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, guys, it's nothing personal. Personal, so I just like to keep it real. <laughs> yeah, just like, hey, you know. Why do you think people take wrestling so personal? You have to realize that that's a complex question, but I'm gonna break it down for you. The reason why people get so involved in wrestling is because I hate using the F word. It's really forbidden. I really hate using it, but this is killing the business worldwide, so why not? Wrestling is fake. No! But, but no. Oh yes, I went there, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Some people are so good, they make you think it's real. I'm one of those people, and I see that that's why a lot of people get so emotionally invested into this, because they're we're doing our job so well, they're forgetting that this is entertainment. That's why everybody gets so soaked in. And even some of the boys in the business, because guess what? This is still a childhood dream. It's still something that, you know, a lot of emotion is going to get involved in, whether they know they're on the inside or the out. So, you know, that's why I want to use the F word. I really hope that I don't get heat for that. But it's, it's true. It's entertainment. And we, even people in our everyday lives will watch a movie and get emotionally invested, knowing damn well these are actors. But still, we're crying real tears because they hit a nerve inside of us that struck our emotions. So that's my take on that. Yeah, it's like if, you know, I know Jason and TJ were very heavily involved in this this afternoon's recording since they showed up. But we talked about how WWE, they made wrestling fake. Because, you know, they look at the entertainment side. They do the big lights. They pipe in their own crowd noise. If mm. someone like, you know, the ultimate pusher is getting cheered, they don't want to be cheered, they'll pipe in booing noises. And it's just, they make wrestling look fake compared to, like, independent wrestling. People who have the drive and the uh, love, the magic for the sport. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like, you know, for one, I, I, I at least appreciate you going into detail that way because it's exactly what you explained it. We don't have everything that the next level has. You know, every wrestling promotion that you see down here, don't get me wrong, IWE is a good one. Southern Honor in Canton is a good one uh, when it comes to setup and the lights. Uh, District Wrestling in Atlanta, that's a good one. You know, don't get me wrong, having those things, they don't take away from the wrestling, but if you don't have those things and you're still able to get that same attention, the reactions, that just makes it even more grimier. That's what makes it more underground and independent. You know, when I come out to my music, just my music alone, whether people hate me, love me, and they're involved, they're bobbing their head, going to the music, that speaks to me, and that makes me feel like I'm doing my job well, even though I don't have the glitz and the glamour just yet. So, you know, that I really appreciate that. And also, you know, again, having those things, it can make the product look better. But you have to have a good product in the beginning. You see what I'm saying? 
It, yeah. it, 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 if, your, if your product isn't all that and you add glitz and glamour on it, you're just, you're just showing polished, you know what, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of how I see it. And by the way, I don't want things to get taken into consider uh, taken into the wrong times. Not saying that Southern Honor and IWE and the other in district, not saying that those promotions are showing polished shit, but I'm just saying, you know, if you don't have a great product, if you add those glitz and glamour, it still doesn't make a difference. But I can say Southern Honor, IWE, uh, District Wrestling, uh, GIPW, Southern Fried, those promotions, they have great talent and a great product. So when you add those glitz and glamours, it just looks like a mini New York promotion, let's put it like that. And that's okay, because guess what? It's wrestling. It's yeah. supposed to look like that. It's wrestling. So that's my take on that as well. Well, what about I, I can tell you that I was in a, I was in Augusta the week before the IWE show for the WWE house show, mm. and I I had a better time at the IWE show than I did the house show. That's because you were wow. with me, dude. That's because he was with me. <laughs> True. DJ but... said you ain't gonna have a good time unless he with you, and I stand on that. I could do, I, I wanted to do the two weeks in a row with them. I wanted to do the WWE and the IWE. And I was like, ah, I like the IWE one because they like when we went to that one, uh, the first time we went to it and there was a steel cage and maybe you were in that one. It was the, the so, six actually, man. I was there for the steel cage one, but if you remember, I had made my IWE uh, wrestling debut I faced uh, Charlie Anarchy and uh, Kiki in a triple threat match uh, that night. And it was right before this, uh, the Steel Cage match. So, yeah, I was there that night. I wrestled in the suit that night. Yes, you did. I, don't I don't understand why you guys would put a Steel Cage in there because there's no room from the Steel Cage to the ceiling. <laughs> hey, but hey, we, they still made it work. They still right. made it work. Right. No, our other colleague, Mad Max, who it's probably taking another number seven for all we know. That's why he's oh. like, don't, don't, don't ask about the number seven. That's a, that's, if you just, all I can say is, yes, it's in that category. But anyways, that's, you know, he also mentioned saying it goes both sides because wrestlers would get to the WWE and think to themselves, hey, they reached the motherland. They reached their ultimate point in their career. We don't have to try so hard. We just have to, like, we have a contract. We can just coast. So, you know, my take on that, and, you know, everybody has their own different opinion. I don't care where I land, as long as my feet land. I don't care if it's that a B, AEW, Impact, MLW, uh, it doesn't matter. If my name is on a dotted line with residual income, if I'm able to provide for my family by doing what I love, I could give a damn if I'm in Mexico, uh, London. You know, it doesn't matter. That's what most of the guys feel right now on the Indies because we're in the middle. You know, we're not we're not amateurs. We're not amateurs, but at the same time, we're not at that big level yet. We're independent professional wrestlers. So, you know, we're on the verge of trying to – an indie wrestler is just like a draft pick, waiting to get drafted at this point. Once you've done a couple of years in, 
you start making a name for yourself on the indie scene, just like a college player would. Oh, this college guy is on ESPN and, you know, he's getting NIL deals and stuff like that. It's the same thing on this side, except for we're not in school, not in the college. You're not going to get picked up like that unless you actually are enrolled in college to get an NIL deal with WWE. But that's a whole other new thing that just came out. But that's typically what we go through. We're trying to get to that next level. And, you know, some people have that preference. They only want to work with WWE and WWE on. Don't get me wrong. I feel like WWE is you know, still the top promotion that's going, that's coming on, coming along right now. But at the same time, we have other companies that are making very, very huge strides. It's not about to surpass them. I, uh, excuse me, uh, AW, AWE, excuse me, AEW, shout out to uh, Murder One and uh, Josh Wheeler. I most definitely love AWE, uh, but AEW, uh, they, they're coming up and also NWA, they're making rounds. They just did a loop in Mexico and then they also did a loop in Chicago and then in England. You know, everybody is making strides. So who am I to say that I only have one set preference of where I want to go? Oh no, I want to go with emotion at. It looks like everybody got motion right now. Right. You know, you you you're like, hey, where where who wants who wants me to work for them? Where I can live comfortably. My point, exactly. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Number one draft pick in the, in, in the NFL. They get drafted by the Bengals. Do you really think that that person is going to go on stage and be like, oh, no, I don't, don't want to work for the Bengals. I want to work for uh, I want to work for the Falcons. You know, just who would say that? Nobody. Would. You just got drafted. They want you. So, my that's kind of how I am. Whoever right. picks me up, that's the smartest company. That's the company that's going to make the most money because they, they chose me. They picked me up. It wasn't the other way around. Of course, everybody's going to, oh, yeah, we're going to be on. How would they? It doesn't matter to me. Who wants uh, me? I was going to say Eli Manning. He would say that. I don't want to play for the Chargers. I don't play for the Giants. That's who would say that. Old Johnny Bronco did the same thing. Yeah, okay, Giants. okay, okay. Now, listen. Now, listen now. <laughs> Y'all know I'm 21. You know some earlier. I don't have no prime knowledge. But right. still, though, you know, but you get what I'm saying, though. You I know, it, it, and put it like this. Nowadays, anybody get happy to get picked up anywhere, whether it's NFL, NBA, WWE. You know, we're just happy to apply our crap on a bigger platform and to get paid for it. That's all the goal is. Financial stability. I hope I said the word right, but yes. Uh, financial stability is what I'm what I'm searching for, and I know that if I get signed to a company, I'm going to have that because it's it's a contract. And even if they fire me, guess what? I got 90 days to still collect the paycheck. So it's it's residual income that's not going to go anywhere until I you know until I decide to go elsewhere or if anything happens. And even if then, guess what happens? When somebody gets released from the contract, guess what? Their, their, their stock goes up. It happens every single time, whether it's on the indie scene or whether it's on another promotion. That person gets picked up and that person starts handling business because they were on a platform that exposed them to more people. So once you get there, you're really sick, whether you stay or not, in my opinion. So if professional wrestling never existed, what would you be doing? 
if professional wrestling never existed, what would I be doing? Wow. That is a good question because since, and let me, let me, I'm gonna be honest with you. My, my cousin is sitting right on the other side of this table and she can tell me from since I was here, it's always been wrestling. Uh, so I, that's a very hard question. I would probably say that I, let's take it back on graduation day when I started my wrestling career. If wrestling never existed and I graduated. I went into the army and I left the army to pursue my wrestling career. Um, so I probably would still be in the army now, uh, processing paperwork and fighting for the country. Um, and if not that, I probably would have still um, became like a teacher or something like that because I did do work in the education field as well. I love kids. Um, as you can see, I, no matter what the job I have is going to be with making people happy, whether that's making them happy that I got beat up or I'm happy, making them happy that I was there to talk to them and coach them along and, you know, and help that child. Uh, become something better than what they were yesterday. So that would be my dream job. Excuse me, that would be the job I, I would have if wrestling wasn't uh, ever came to existence. Five years from now, where do you see yourself? Five years from now, I'm going to see myself on TV, uh, TV, and I'm saying that right now, stamping it. I can't tell you where. I can't tell you what station. But just know, you got Cox, you got Dish, you got direct TV, any of those cable companies, you will see me on a Friday night, on a Monday night, on a Thursday night, or a Wednesday night. You will see me on or Tuesday night. You will see me on TV five years from now. You see, this is why we don't get like, you know, guys from the WWE or top AEW guys on, besides they never return my emails, but that's besides the point. We like to get the younger guys on so when they get to that point, we could be like, yep, he was, we talked to him before he got there. Yep. And I'll tell you, and I'll, and I'll tell you this one more, one more, uh, you know, most people say that, you know, you can say one thing until you get there, but I can honestly say anybody that I've come along with on this journey to get to that point, especially, and like I said, you guys are now on that list, want to give back, you know, along, as long as I don't get in trouble for, you know, contract wise, but still, I will be able to get give back. I won't mind doing these shows, interviews, checking in, popping in, uh, you know, giving analysis on what I just got through doing on TV. Who cares? As long as I'm getting in trouble. But who cares? Because, you know, that's one of me. That's just me being humble, me being a genuine person. Um, I want to make sure that I don't forget my roots because, you know, don't want to bring religion in it. But let's just say there's a high and mighty person that can knock you back down off your high horses. And I wanna make sure that, you know, when I'm on my high horses, I remember where I came from so I won't get knocked off of my high horses. Because one thing that I can say from a personal life, being on that pedestal and getting knocked back down to square one, that'll do something to you, mentally, physically, all that. So, you know, imagine that in my professional career, good, good God. And if I burnt bridges on the way up, and I got to come back down, those bridges are already burnt. <laughs> it's going to be a hard climb back to the top. So again, you'll never see me, oh, no, I'm too famous. Oh, no, I'm too busy. 
I can't say about the too busy part because I know I'm a little busy now. But still, though, you know, it won't be of a, oh, I got better things to do type deal. Of course not. I'm always show love to you guys because you guys showed love to me, especially in this point in my career when I needed the most. You know, people, once they get to that platform that we were talking about earlier, they love and appreciate the support. But that support is a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit, has a little bit more value when you're on this scene because having that support and not being on that platform, that really shows that they have support in you because, of course, anybody can say, oh, yeah, he's on TV. I'm going to support him now. That's kind of how it works. But for somebody to catch me on this end, like you guys support me from here on out, it's going to stick me. As I get older, I can't speak. Can't be like that. I don't know why. You know, I can't be like, oh, Roman Reigns. Oh, I acknowledge the Roman Reigns. I can't be like that. I mean, I gotta like have an interaction with them in some one way or another for me to like with you. I mean, it's like, but in in other words, when when he when Tyrese makes it big time, Jason and TJ hit him up for all access backstage passes. Hey, remember we we thought of you. We were behind your back. We had you. And let me tell you something. And I and I and I kid you not. Uh, I really don't give out promises like that. But I can <laughs> say, if I am in the if I am in the position where I can do it, I will because that's gonna just put it like this. You guys have you guys are, are providing the platform for me right now, whether you guys know it or not. So I will remember that. So when I get to that stage there, if I'm able to give you guys that same platform, come on, you guys, you know, I got you. So you guys can do your interviews uh, with talent that you guys, uh, that who, who know who are opposed to doing the interviews with you, you have access to it. And, you know, that's how I feel that the, it's a give and take on this opinion, you know, different people have different opinions, but me personally, I haven't seen a lot of giving back um, on this scene here, uh, you know, taking for instance, Anthony Henry is one that I can say gives back. Um, he's on AEW, he's on Ring of Honor. I've actually worked with Anthony Henry at IWE and other places. He comes in, seminars, uh, not acting stuck up. Given the talent, younger guys like me, advice that we're going to need, um, you know, going on this journey. He's one of the guys that I really appreciate that I see now actively on the scene still doing that. Um, and not saying that people who aren't signed aren't doing that, uh, because for instance, Murder One, Joe Black, Matt Hankins, uh, you also have the All Star Special. You got William Huckabee. Uh, you got Jay Too Strong. Uh, Hold my beer, Hanson. Those guys, uh, they they continue to give back to a lot of people uh, who are younger. Uh, Eric the Ghost Silver, like it goes on and on. But, you know, again, just to the point where I was saying someone being signed on that platform, really don't see it as much. So that's going to be one of my goals is to try to give back as much as I can once I get to that point. Well, I never mentioned anything that you'll hook us up. I just said we would definitely be hitting you up. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> that, that's a... No, 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 no. Because if you hit me up and if I can hook you up, you're going to get hooked up. Because come on now, I'm the ultimate pusher. I'm the ultimate <laughs> pusher. I'm a <laughs> I got magic. So what events do you have coming up? So the current event that I have now, 
Uh, June 18th will be in GIPW. I'm actually half owner of that uh, company now. Uh, so I'm a part of the authority, basically. Uh, I'm the one who's, I'm the financial investor. If you uh, remember that story and in, uh, in Impact with MVP, uh, one of my favorite stories that I've actually watched growing up and I have the ability to actually portray that character. So that's where I'm at there, June 18th. Uh, the next IWE show, of course, I'll be there July 15th. And uh, let's just say there's a certain company coming to uh, Atlanta right before, or excuse me, right after uh, July 15th that I, I will be there for that one. Who knows what I'll be doing, but I will be there for that one as well. Ultimate pressure needs to come in the New England area. Hey, let me tell you, if you can get the connections, I'll, I'll get the passport. I'll get, I had all the other stuff. But if I can get the connections to New England, because again, I have uh, I have a good relationship with uh, with a lot of people that go out of the country. Like for instance, Suge Williams, Suge D. Oh my God, that guy there. When I say he is Mister, I can travel anywhere. <laughs> he's one of the ones that really tapped into me wanting to venture out uh, out the country because he was one of the guys that I've seen do it that I actually had a conversation with and who actually talked to me, uh, you know, he's one of the ones that I look up to in that, in that aspect. So New England, I'm ready for you. I just need you guys to be ready for me. <laughs> if you book them, they will come Vic. Hey, hey, okay. Dude, all I know is the names and emails. I don't know them personally, but you know, it's, it's worth a shot. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. If you uh, give me that email, oh, I can make some shape. <laughs> I got a resume that is, let's just put it like that. Dude, give me 24 hours. I'll, I'll send you some email addresses. Now, let me say, uh, you, you let me know the ones you have, and I, I'll let you know uh, what I can do with it. And, of course, of course, if I'm able to get in that way, of course, you set it up. I can talk to them about doing a little uh, – having the ultimate pusher, having the entourage, his own personal, you know, in, uh, come on now, you get what I'm saying. If I can have you guys as the team, that'll be business and business working together. You can't be a pusher without an entourage. Now, come on now, come on now, the ultimate pusher brand, you know? So where can people find you on social media? Say it again one more time. Where can people find you on social media? Where can people find me on social media? So I have a public Facebook page, The Ultimate Pusher Tyreek. Twitter, at The Ultimate Push. Instagram, The Ultimate Pusher Brand. Uh, that's where you can find Tyreek on social media. If you want to look at Tyreek, some of his matches, you can find me on IWTV because I am underneath that with the IWE brand. And I'm also on YouTube with at The Ultimate Pusher Tyreek on YouTube as well. Twitter's still around? Twitter is most definitely still around. Twitter is actually one of the reasons why I'm, 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 uh, I get booked a lot outside of Georgia, to be honest with you. Hey, you know, if it works, it works. You know, screw if it. If it works, it works. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, TJ, Jason, any final questions or thoughts? Hey, Tyreek, I just want to say it's been great talking to you. Uh, been, wanting to, been wanting to bring you on the show for a while. Glad we finally got it hooked up. I look forward to seeing you in July when we go out to the next show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's why, hey, that's why we're going to be looking for the hookup. 
Call you, hey, call your man's the ultimate pusher. He got it. He got it. Have the have the brass ready for him. Hey, hey, yeah, wait, never mind. I don't want to hook up because that means I'm gonna be sitting up close to the thing and end up getting popped. <laughs> I'll take care of myself. I'll be in the back. I know I I know the setup in that place. I'll be in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It's safe, it's safer in the back than out front, ain't it? With the table. He'll be, he'll be at the autograph table. Uh, right. At the merch table. Yes, sir. At the merch table. <laughs> DJ, you know it'll be when you least expect it. That makes it so special. No. I really appreciate that. And speaking of merch table, uh, I don't know if you guys were expecting this, but uh, as thanks for giving me this platform on the show, I'm going to make sure that you three uh, have the newest The Ultimate Pusher Tyreek t-shirts that's going to come out and debut in July. I have those ready for you. You have the first first t-shirts that come out the best. Those three will go to you guys. I appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just get me with your, with your sizes and I'll make sure I handle that, okay? All right, definitely. I'll definitely, definitely will. And I'll get you that email address. And next Blaze Mania, you're going to be on. Oh, I am ready. All right. I, I am ready. I, we're talking about I smoked myself stupid last time. So Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I was about to fire out this blunt, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to be coherent on this interview since it's the first one. But since she gave me that pass for, for the next one, oh, I'm bringing woods I'm on top of woods. <laughs> so, someone brought dabs in that one time. He was like, yeah, I want to do dabs. And then all through the episode, he was just like, Oh Lord. <laughs> I was like, like, so what do you think about last Sunday? Oh. <gasps> Are you still alive? Mm-hmm. You have brain damage. Mm. You know what? Speaking of, I want to see if we can get the Mr. Blaze himself, Rob Van Dam, on that show. Because guess what? I've worked with him a couple of times. So hey, uh, let me see if I can work my magic. And that'll please. be something, that'll be something to do. That'll be something to make happen. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll do Blaze of Mania 2320, uh, 2023 2.0 or something like that. You know, do... SummerSlam's coming, Summer Blaze. Summer Blaze. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on today. We're definitely going to keep in touch. And yeah, I'll shoot through my email address on my, um, the, the, uh, the promoter's email address. It's for Limitless, Limitless Wrestling up in uh, Portland, Maine. Mm. Portland, Maine. Haven't been to Maine before, but I most definitely want to go now. Portland's absolutely beautiful, but it's like really. But during the summertime, though, it's like hotels like five hundred dollars. Well, I mean, hey, hopefully I'll, I'll find a, a, a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> but, but what you know, I have, but I do have connections again. So hey, like I said, I, I'll worry about all that. I'll worry about the uh, the travel and all that. Long as I'm booked, I'll get there. Like during the winter time, though, the same five hundred dollars rooms are like two fifty. So, so I try to hey hey, I'll I'll make sure I'm there, but see what see what the booking is like in December. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's beautiful at Christmas down up there. That's all I can say. Ooh, that that you know you just gave me an idea. I ain't got no plans at the end of the year for the December. So my availability is way open in DS in December. So. I'll most definitely take a trip to Maine around Christmas time to, to see that site. That'd be beautiful. Yes, uh, tomorrow morning I'll shoot you that email address. That'd be perfect. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. 
I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. This is Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are all out.